Good evening. How is everybody? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. How is everybody tonight? I'm going to sit. You know that won't last very long. I heard Dale say that, and I got to last very long. But I just thought, you know what? I got to do something different. So I got to sit tonight and look eyeball to eyeball with everybody. Yes? Yes. So, um, how many got something from the Word Sunday? Hmm? Yeah? You got something that God really spoke to you from that Word. Um, if you didn't hear that Word Sunday, uh, go to Gates of the City uh, website, go to our podcast. Can download it for free or just listen to it, either one. But um, you need to hear that. And I, the last couple of days, I've been thinking about what we shared, what we talked about, and I just couldn't get away from that. And so I'm going to just take the information that we shared on Sunday and I'm going to talk about it again tonight. And um, I want to. I want to look at um, two statements, and I kind of made them personal in a way, but, but two statements, one out of Ephesians 1, as Jessica read earlier, and then one out of Colossians 1. And I'm going to look at these statements, and, and, and then I want us to talk about it a little bit. And, and I want to talk about this, just the, the revelation of, of being in Christ and what that is, what it looks like, and how it relates to being in other things. Other people are in things in the world. Um, a lot of people are in their emotions. And, and I want to talk about a couple of things that I feel like, that I see anyway, that most people, or a big majority of people in our, in our country, I can talk about our country, or at least the part of our country that I'm familiar with and know about and see, and, you know, at least the, in, in regards to the six or seven hundred friends I have on Facebook and how they respond to things, and uh, the people on Instagram and Twitter, and so... And, you know, over, over a thousand contacts and connections with different groups of people that, that, that I'm connected with, I, I, I make judgments. Now, the Bible is real clear that we're not to judge people, but you have to judge situations in life. You have to be able to make a judgment and know what you believe about something. That's different than passing judgment on someone. Did you hear what I said? It's very important that we know the difference. And, but you have to be a person that learns how to judge the validity of something so that you're not taken advantage of. And the way we do that, and I, and I, really, I really liked the way the Message Bible gave us these descriptions of, of, of being in Him and, and what that looks like. And so it's real important that you listen to that message 
from Sunday if you weren't here, and even if you were, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it again. And then we're just going to kind of review what we talked about. Um, so look at, look at these two statements the way that I, the way I, I, I view them. One is out of the verse in, um, in Ephesians uh, 1 and verse 11. It's in Christ that you find out who you are and what you're living for. It's in Christ that you find out who you are and what you are living for. So apart from being in Christ, what happens? You don't know who you are and you don't know why you're here. Being in Christ, you find out who you are and what you're living for, what your purpose is on, on, on planet Earth. If you're not in Christ, you don't know who you are, and you don't know why you're here. Okay, so remember that. Number two, the second quote. All the broken and dislocated people in the earth get properly fixed and put together in Christ. If you read before and after, and we'll look at these verses, we're going to read these again here in a minute, so you'll see the whole context. But I want you to focus on this. All the broken and dislocated people in the, in the earth get properly fixed and put together. And who's that? That's you. You're either broken or dislocated at one point or another, and you get put and fit and and connected in the right place and in the right way in Christ. Because, go back to number one, it's in Christ that you find out who you are and what you're living for. Otherwise, you're broken and dislocated. So, two things I want you to think about. Um, So, if I'm in Christ, and I know and I'm learning, it's not that you know and then you've got it all figured out. Once you start learning as you're in Christ about who you are and what you're here for, then it's a constant thing and it's a constant evolving of what the purpose and the plan that God had for you before you were. So, let's just talk about two situations that I see that most people are in that are not in Christ and developing that in Christ revelation. Okay? Now, you can come to church and not be in Christ. You can be born again and not be in Christ in what we talked about on Sunday. You can be born again and not, and His Word not be working in you. And we'll read John 15 again that talks about what defines what in Christ is. Okay? You can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues and not be in Christ, not be living in Christ. You can come to church every Sunday and Wednesday and do 
you know, serve in church and do the things that need to be done. And all the, all the things that I'm mentioning are good things. But that's not in Christ. So, if we're in Christ, then we're finding out who we are and why we're here. If we're not, we're broken and dislocated. Disconnected. Okay? So, when we're, when we're born again and we choose to not live in Christ, okay, or we're not born again and we're not in Christ in any way, shape, or form, there's, there's two conditions here. There's, there's more than this, but there's two that I want to look at and just talk about for a minute. And, and, and then look at the reverse of it, okay? So, in let's go to, uh, throw me John, John 15 up there in verse 5. John 15 and 5. <clears throat> Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So go back to verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me. Everybody say, in Christ. Whoever is in Christ, and whoever whoever is in Christ and Christ is in you, bears much fruit. So a person that's in Christ is going to bear fruit. But to be in Christ is what verse 7 says. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Notice what he's saying right here. He said, if you're in Christ, okay, if I'm in Him and He, the living Word, is in me, so that how I think and how I operate in life is through the Word, then everything that I ask will produce. It'll bear fruit. But he said, without him, without being in him, I can't do anything. I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. But without him, I can do nothing and accomplish nothing. So, two just things. I mean, I was praying in the Spirit and Asking the Lord for just two different examples of things that, that I view, and, and he just, this is what he brought to me. Um, <clears throat> so in the world, and, and in this society, we live in a world that is moved emotionally by emotional situations okay and we can we call it and can call it compassion and that's a good thing several other words that i I wrote down here that talks about this Um, we can have sympathy for people because of something that's happened maybe in their life we can pity people okay 
Um, I, I, was, I was flipping through Facebook the other day and I saw this little, there was some little clip that someone attached to there. It was from YouTube or whatever. and It was, it was just about a little, a, a little child that lost their parent. And as I, as I was reading it, and I, I, was, I started to read it and then I played it. And it was about four or five minutes. And when I got done with it, I was crying. But here's the thing. Let me ask you this question. What did that video do for me? Did it build me? I shed a tear, right? But did it do anything for me? I'm just using this as an example. Do we have compassion on little children that lose their parents? Dang right. But should emotions and compassion lead us? Now just think about that for a minute. Don't get, don't get mad at me for what I'm saying. We live in a society that is moved by emotion instead of the Word. So we have a society that is stooped and in emotion instead of being in Christ. Because being in Christ fixes all the things that are dislocated and broken. And everybody's been dislocated and, and disconnected and broken in some form or another. I don't care. Maybe some people worse than others, but everybody's been in that state. So, another example. Um, <clears throat> and God showed me this because I have... I have a tendency to do what I'm going to tell you that a lot of people do in our society. And that is, I have a tendency to like the past. I like history. I like the past. I like where finding out where I came from and people and, and connections to different family members and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, what does my research and my focus and all the time that I could have a tendency to spend on the past, what will that do for me today for tomorrow? You ever found an old picture from something of the past? You saw it and it made you cry? You ever been in conversations with family members and things about the past and how things used to be or whatever and you get emotional and you feel whatever and it makes you feel emotional to the place where you want that thing from the past? Okay, Everybody raise your hand. Everybody's felt that way. I don't care who you are. Everybody feels that way. My question is, what does that do for me today for tomorrow? Stop and think about it. Actually, actually, it keeps, the past keeps trying to pull you into the past. Move you backwards. Instead of 
finding out why I'm here and what the heck I'm here for. I want to know why I'm here in Christ, and I want to know why God put me here at this time in the history of the world to do what? And every single one of us were put here to make a difference. Everybody. And to do that, we have to be in Christ. And in Christ, at the end of my message on Sunday, I said, being in Christ is being in His Word in such a a way that His Word is the final authority that settles everything in your life every day in every situation. And for that to happen, you have to practice allowing His Word to take preeminence over other, other ideas, other emotional situations, other mindsets about living in the past or whatever it is. I just gave you two examples of things that I see people, two examples of things that I see affecting people, keeping them from living victoriously today. And that is being ruled by emotions and compassion. Everybody has emotions, and you're gonna, emotions are a good thing if they're under control. Everybody should have compassion. Compassion is a good thing, but if compassion leads you, you'll be deceived. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. There's a huge difference. Compassion will deceive you. You know why? Because every sad song and dance that you hear from somebody and you give into, then you'll do things that will enable people to continue to live in the sad song and dance that they live in. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be an enabler. I want to be a helper. The Holy Spirit is not an enabler, He's a helper. And He wants us to hear Him so that what are we doing? Enabling people? No, we're helping people. We're here to help. Everybody say, I'm here to help. Say this, I'm here to make a difference. Amen? You were put on this planet to make a difference. And to do it, to accomplish that, we must be in Christ. So, let's go to Ephesians 1 and let's look at this. Let's see if we... If Ephesians 1's coming up correctly this time. It's not. What the heck is the deal with that? There we go. That's it right there. We got it. Okay. So it's in Christ that we find out who we are. And what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for what? Like what what Jessica was talking about, glorious living. Next verse. Part of the overall purpose, He is working out in everything and in everyone. Everybody say, he's working things out in me. Okay, so if God is working things out in us, then we're not finished. But 
you, it's so vitally important to take information that we get. I'm sharing with, there's a reason that we're reviewing what we taught on Sunday. If you weren't here Sunday, then, it, then, then this isn't a review. You're hearing it for the first time. But if you're here Sunday, we're reviewing this. But there's a reason that we're reviewing it. There's a reason that we're going back over it. God wanted, God wanted to drive a point or several points home here. And God does not want you and I to be people that are ruled by our emotions. We're emotional people, and emotions are a really, really good thing because the Bible talks about it. Anything the Bible talks about and says are good, they're good. But what's not good is emotions that are out of control. So we want to learn to control our emotions to bring every thought captive, right? So that we know who we are, why we're here, and what we're here to accomplish. And the Holy Spirit is the one that has to lead us, not emotions, not compassion, not pity, right? And then in, in regards to my other example, that we can't be people that live in the past. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God, where? In Christ. <laughs> I mean, there's so much in Christ all through the Bible, it's not even funny. But to be in Christ is literally to be immersed in His Word. You can't be immersed in the Word and be living in the Word without being immersed in the Holy Spirit. Right? Because the Holy Spirit is the mouthpiece that delivers what God wants to say. I, I, I know a lot of the Word. I can quote a lot of the Word. I've studied the Word for over 38 years. I, I, I know where Scriptures are. People will call me all the time. I mean, family members, but other people will call me and say, you know what, where, where's this Scripture at? And I'll know where it's at. You know, not every time, but a lot of times. Because I know the Word. But just having a knowledge of the Word isn't enough if the Holy Spirit isn't revealing the truth of the message for a given time in a given situation. See? If you're driving down the road, and uh, let's, let's say you're driving through town, and you're stopped at a stop sign. And some guy parked next to you gets out of the car and he's got a gun and he's got it pointed at your head. What emotion are you feeling? Fear. I mean, don't tell me, don't, don't lie and say that there's no, no, absolutely no fear. Take my head off. You know, I don't care. No, there's fear that is coming at you. That's what it's after, right? So there's an emotion. But what I need in the moment is something to combat that with. And, you know, if that guy has a pistol, I don't need an Uzi. Right? What I need is faith in the promises of God. Right? God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, so I don't have to receive fear, but He's given me power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. I'm taking authority over those thoughts. Right now, my window may be up, what, what, what would or could you say in a situation like that? Father, I just come against that, the, the, the spirit of murder that is ruling that man's life for whatever reason, and I bind it now in the name of Jesus, or whatever God tells you to do. Or God may tell you, hit the gas. 
You know, whatever, whatever it is that God says, it doesn't, it doesn't have to just sound spiritual. When God's telling you to do something, I want to have the answer from the Holy Spirit based on what the Word says in a given situation when I need it. Instead of being ruled by my emotions. Because emotionally right there, You know, you might scream and scream and scream and irritate the guy so much he shoots you because you wouldn't shut up. I mean, this is just a really weak example, okay? But what I'm saying is, we've got, we've got to be able to, repa- to replace how we are ruled emotionally in the judgments that we make in life, and we've got to be able to replace living in the past for living in the present with the Word of God. That's what it is to be in Christ. So it's not just a knowledge, not just knowing, being able to quote what the Word says, but being able to hear the voice of the Spirit for the answer for what we need in the moment. Right? And that's what God created us for. So part of His overall purpose is that He's working all of this, all of this in everything and in everyone. Next verse. It's in Christ that you once heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Ghost. Next verse. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything that God has planned for us, which is a praising and a glorious life. Everything that's planned for us. Where? As we're in Christ. As we are in Christ, finding out who we are. Now, here's the next part of my, my question about that first statement. How important is it for you to know why you're here and what you're here for? I mean, think about for a minute how important that is. Now, I know that the enemy works overtime to convince you that that's not that important. And the enemy works overtime to to make you look bad. To make your efforts and your commitment to God's Word look like they're not working. The enemy will work on you to where you're in your emotions, not believing who you are and why you're here. Well, you know, I don't really have a plan. I don't, I don't have any purpose. You know, I see everybody else in the world doing all these different kinds of things, and I'm doing nothing in my life. The enemy will work overtime, and he works overtime to convince you of that because he wants to keep you from you realizing how vitally important that you are to humanity. One individual person. This next Tuesday, we're going to the voting boxes. I can't wait to go. Man, my one vote is really important. You know why? Because I believe it's important. Now, whether anybody else does or not, it doesn't matter. But I believe it's important. That's the way we have to see ourselves in Christ. How vitally important I am. Think of all the people sitting here tonight and all the different places that you are that I'm not and vice versa in all of us. Right? All the people that you come in contact with. 
How, how important is it for you to be in Christ, for you to know who you are, why you're here, and what your purpose and plan is? And, and all of those kind of things are worked out and put together and reconstructed through the revelation of the Word. See, we don't just get put back together by going through some rehab or whatever. Rehabs are great. But rehab won't fix you if there's no word. And if you're in your, war, in your rehab, as you're going through things and getting delivered of things in your life, if you don't replace it with the word, you'll go right back to it. Yeah. And it's proven. It is literally proven that that's what happens. My whole family went through, or a good portion of my family went through Alcoholics Anonymous. AA, we should have bought stock as a family. We would have made a lot of money. Because we, we, there was a lot of time and effort invested in AA. And AA is a great organization. And it's helped a lot of people get off of drugs and alcohol, mainly alcohol, off of alcohol and, and, in, in, and, and focusing on other things. And they teach all kinds of different things that you can put your focus on. We believe that your focus should be on Christ and so that you can be in Christ, right? But, but it's a great program. And... But just going through the program, if there's no word so that you're in Christ, you're going to find yourself right back in the same situations. See? And the statistics show that in most rehabs, the deliverance rate is in the 2 to 3 percentile, and that's pretty high of people that really get set free in their lives. They don't get free if they don't have the word. God set it up that way. And, and all of us have been dislocated and disconnected and broken and in pieces at times in our lives through different situations or our upbringings or wherever. You know, you could go through a crisis and lose a business. or You could lose, be, you know, be divorced in a marriage or there can be crisis in a lot of different ways. So all of us in different ways, shapes, or forms have been broken and dislocated. But being in Christ puts it all back together. And I like the way... It says there's room for it. And we'll read that in just a second. But God wants you and I to understand how vitally important that we are to this mix. And if you don't believe that about you, you won't spend enough time figuring out who you are, why you're here, and what you're here for. Because nobody can find that for you. Somebody can come along, prophesy to you, and say, you're going to be a missionary in Africa. Huh? Somebody will prophesy that, but if that's not in your heart, you can go to Africa and come back and have this big hole on the inside of you. You understand? Or whatever it is. I'm just using one simple example. What matters is what God says. Prophetic words are to, to be confirmation to things that God's speaking to us or stir us up about things that we've never heard before. And, and if it doesn't stir me up, and I'm not learning that that's really what God purposed for me to do and His plan is for my life, if that's not stirring me up, then I'm not going to go after that to learn what it is and why I'm here. And then what happens? People that are around you don't get from you what, what, you, need to, what you need to send off from your life. There needs to be this, the Bible calls it in, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, something, three, two, three, four, somewhere in there, calls it an aroma, that there is an aroma that should come off of us to other people. And that aroma 
should come off of us, or it will come off of us, when we know why we're here, and we know what we're here for. And when we have the plan and the purpose to see that accomplished, that gets off on other people, and that helps to influence other people that God has a plan for their life. God set it up that way, and he's been duplicating that process ever since, and God wants you and I to not be a bunch of people that are ruled by their emotions each and every day, up one day and down the next, always up and down and up and down. And he doesn't want us to be a people that are living in the past. He wants us to be living in the now, knowing who we are and being confident. Can you say amen? Um, go with me to Colossians 1. And Colossians 1. And I want to read this. Starting with verse 15. And I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. Okay? And then we'll be done. Now he is the exact likeness of the unseen God. The visible representation of the invisible. The visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. For it was in him. Everybody say in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through Him by His service, intervention, and in Him, and in and for Him. Verse, next verse. And He Himself existed before all things, and in Him, all things consist, cohere, are held together. Go, go back to that. In Him, in Christ, all things consist, cohere, and are held together. Everything in life and in your life is held together from being in Him. From being in Christ. Next verse. He also is the head of his body, the church. Oh, you know what? This isn't the right. That's, that's, I was missing some of my words. Go to the message right here, if you would. And, and we don't need to back up. It's fine. Just, just give me the message on this translation. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. And, and, and I gave a good example, I believe, of that on Sunday. And I'm not going to go all back into that. But, but just realizing that the head tells the body what to do. The head doesn't make the body do it. So... When it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. So it's the church's choice to do what he says. It's our choice. That's why we've got to be developing it. That's why we've got to know who we are in him, who he is in us, 
why we're here, what we're here to do. That's why we've got to know that and understand it. He was supreme in the beginning, and leading the resurrection prayed, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there. Towering far above everything and everyone. Verse 19. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. There's more than enough room for what you're called to do and why you're here. And there's not going to be ten people stepping on you. Hmm? Actually, there's probably you in a big room like this with nobody around, you know, and your connectors are going to the next room, and the next room there's a lot of space for you to accomplish a lot of things. There's a lot of room, a lot of space for you. No crowding. Everybody say, no crowding. Next time somebody cried, no, wait, no crowding. There's room for all of us. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of what? His death, His blood that poured down from the cross that produced what? In Him. What His blood produced was me being able to be in Him. Why? Because His crucifixion set it up for mankind to be reconnected to God. Now, when I know that God tells me something in the Word, Holy Spirit reveals it to me for a, for a moment and in a given situation, and I know it works, and when I put it to work, it works just like it did when Jesus worked. Everything Jesus said came to pass the way God said it would come to pass because He got it from the Father. And it's the same way it works for you and I. And now, now all of this is operating in harmony because of what His blood accomplished. Next verse. You yourselves are a case study of what He does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of Him, giving Him trouble every chance that you got. In other words, thought more highly of yourself than you should. But now, everybody say right now. Everybody say right now. By giving Himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together whole and holy in His presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust. Constantly tuned in to the message. Everybody say the message. Okay, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to finish this passage right here to the end of this chapter, these next four verses. I'm going to finish this because we want to see what the message is. He said, constantly tuned in to the message. Careful not to be distracted or diverted from what? The message. There's no other message, just this one message. Every creature under heaven gets this same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. Everybody say the message. I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail, because he's writing this letter while he's in jail. 
It's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my share in the church, in the church's part of that suffering. Next verse. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift. God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. Verse 26, this mystery has been kept in the dark. What mystery? The mystery of the message. Everybody say, there's one message. The mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. Verse 27, God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. What is it? Everybody say it. Let's say it together. Let's read the next four words together. Christ is in me. Everybody say me. The mystery of the message, the one message, is Christ in you. Therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. Christ in me and me in Him. And His Word in me and the living Word in me coming out of me and making a difference. And that Word in me empowering me to know who I am and to know why I'm here. And I'm going to leave you with this tonight. It's a good thing I had this chair. <clears throat> um, what Paul said about suffering was this. He was in jail as he was writing this letter. And Paul said, I've been in jail and I've been out of jail. I've been with, I've been without. I've been down, I've been on top. But I've learned the secret to all things. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I, it's, the, it's the one message that's been a mystery to all of mankind. It's not Christ on the cross. Not today it's not. It's not Christ going down into the grave. It's not Christ resurrected. All of that was done so that it could be Christ in me. See, and so all the world kind of worships Christ on the cross. A portion of the world does. A portion of the world worships Christ going to the grave. A portion of the world worships Christ's resurrection on the third day. His ascension and all those kind of things. People worship the, the spiritual part of what actually happened there. And that's all great. We're not taking away from any of that because it produced something that God wanted produced. And what He wanted produced was the one message that now Christ, the living Word, is back inside of people. And that that is in people is the hope of the world. So all the people 
that are living in the past and all the people that are living by their emotions and they judge everything based on compassion and pity and those kind of things which is good to have for people when you have right judgment but but not it, it, it's a horrible ruler it doesn't measure correctly it doesn't give you insight correctly what gives you insight correctly is is Christ and his word in you then you can have compassion when compassion is needed you have pity when pity is needed you have you 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 have you help people and and do things for people but the key to me understanding who I am is what Paul did for the church and that's laying your life down for other people the key to the success of this message is you and I doing for others being sensitive about the needs for other of other people waking up in the morning and not praying and just thinking and focusing on yourself and what your needs are but thinking about being a vessel for God to be used in the day to help someone else I'm not talking about going and looking for people. I'm talking about letting God send people across your path and you being prepared and ready and you've spent time in the Word and you're getting to know who you are in a greater way, why you're here, what your purpose, what your plan is, what revelation is and all those kind of things so that when people come across your path that you're able to minister life to them and to help them. We should be busy all day long being a, being a blessing to other people. I'm not talking about trying to figure out how to do it. I'm talking about knowing who we are in Christ, hearing the voice of God, and then being sensitive to the people around us. I mean, I've got, I've got six stories that I could tell you from my last story of just things that I can, I mean, just you know, simple little things, but things in, in ministering to people. I want to be a blessing. That's what God created us to be. The mystery that's been hidden from the ages is Christ in you. The hope of the world. Hmm? The hope of the United States of America is not the next president. The hope of the United States is not a Republican over a Democrat or a Democrat over a Republican. The hope of the world is in you. So all the people that, Dale, that's your name, all the people that Dale comes in contact with at Mooney Aircraft, that's what they need to see. All the people that Josh comes in contact with in, at Cracker Barrel, all, all the people that you come in contact with, it's important that you're in Christ, Right? All the people that each one of us at, at, um, at um, Billy Jean's, people that you come in contact with at Billy Jean's, it's vital that you're in Christ. And you know what? Being in Christ in, in most situations is not being all over the place. Being in Christ is just being confident and sure and knowing who you are and being stable and when, when, when there's an opportunity that you're ready because God said do it. Each and every person in here, as we go down the list of people that are here tonight, everybody's somewhere where people need you to be in Christ. And that's the hope of the world. And the world will all get saved and get delivered and set free if you and I are in Christ. So, in the same way, I have confidence 
in the political system because of my vote. Not because everybody's going to do what's right. I'm confident because of my vote. Same way, where my confidence is in the, in the future of the United States of America and the planet is the fact that I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. That's where my faith is. I can't, I, can't, I can't lose sleep over the fact if Justin chooses not to be. And he's not, I'm just saying. I can't lose sleep over that or anybody else. The hope of the world is not me rallying the rest of the church. Hope of the world is me being in Christ and then me sharing that with everybody around me. And what you or anybody else does with it, that's not up to me. Amen? So why would I lose sleep over the fact whether you're going to do what's right with it or not? I can't. And I can't lose sleep. I'm not going to lose sleep over what the news says. All these bad things that are going to happen, they're not going to happen because I'm in Christ. And and I don't mean there's not acts of things that won't happen. I'm saying what, what people say and determine is going to be the outcome of certain things. It's only going to be the outcome of what the Word says. That's it. And when I'm in Christ, my faith and confidence is in that. So I'm not saying that thing, you know, this country couldn't be taken over by other people, this, this ugly or bad thing or these kind of things couldn't happen, but they're not going to win because my God's already won. Amen. And my job, my responsibility is to be in Christ. Can you say amen? amen. 